The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. We've learned to hide our true feelings and emotions from the view of the outside world for fear of being seen as weak, undeserving, or not enough. While this strategy works well for a while, many of us are realizing it is not a sustainable way to continue living life, especially when there is so much that we want to achieve, create, and contribute. Welcome to Stories from the Heart of Leadership with Shameen Sadiq. In this program, you'll hear from Shameen and her guests about what it's like to face these fears head-on and courageously share emotion, vulnerability, and experience in service of creating connection, resilience, and extraordinary results. Now, here's your host, Shameen Sadiq. Hello, and welcome to Stories from the Heart of Leadership. I'm your host, Shameen Sadiq, and you're listening to us today on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Last week, we were talking about an evolution And I was sharing with you some ways in which to learn about what our gifts are, how to expand our range, and how to take a larger perspective. And I invited you to run some experiments with that yourself. Well, every time I issue an invitation to you to do something, life offers me the same opportunity. And I had this opportunity yesterday that I wanted to share with you. But before we do, I want to spend a few minutes just sitting together, uh, getting grounded like we have been these past weeks on the show, spending a few minutes doing that together before we jump in. So I invite you in this moment to uncross your legs, place your feet flat on the floor, take your palms and place them palms down on your thighs, wherever it feels comfortable. And just adopt a dignified and upright position, but not too stiff or rigid. I know I've been giving you the same instruction week after week, and I think there is something about the repetition that is helpful. So as you take this relaxed but upright position, bring your eyes to a close if you feel comfortable with that. And just for a moment, take your shoulders and raise them up, up, up as high as you can by your ears, and then just let them go. Let them drop down gently. Don't push them down too hard. Just let them relax and and fall down, creating some space between your shoulders and your ears. And if like me, you've spent too much time on the computer lately, and you need to roll those shoulders out, as I do, (laughs) then do that. And we'll just relax here together. So taking a couple of breaths, just to ground yourself and come into your body, come into this present moment, switch off whatever was happening right before the show, taking in a breath through your nose and exhaling. Good. And another inhale and exhale. Good. 
Now, as we sit here together in this relaxed and present way, I want you to know that this is a remedy or a counterbalance to the busyness of everyday life. I've noticed myself in a very busy mode the last few weeks. Often I work straight through without really coming up for air. I try to pay myself first, as we spoke of weeks ago, and go out for a walk or a run daily. But some days that's harder than others. And so if there's nothing else that you can do, you can at least sit still and breathe. Take your eyes away from the screen for a few moments. Take your attention away from whatever you're hard at work with. And just come into relationship with yourself for a few short minutes. It can be incredibly restorative, so helpful, and all. So helps us to find new insights, new perspectives, new ways of looking at things. I remember reading an article about a doctor who his prescription was, he called it the park prescription. He was confronted with so many patients who were stressed out and sick and unhealthy from overwork and overwhelm. And this was a few years ago before overwhelm became the the badge of honor that it is today. And he would prescribe to them, he would write on his prescription pad, go for a walk, go to the park, sit on a bench outside for a few minutes every day. That was his prescription. And I remember reading that article and, and just loving it because it's exactly right. Sometimes the hardest things that we're grappling with, where no answer seems to come, even though we're putting our attention towards it and trying to figure out the solution, something will emerge when we turn our attention away from it. When we go and relax and sit outside and let the sun warm our skin for a few minutes, that's when the answers come. So know that even taking these few minutes for yourself at the beginning of every show, uh, it gives you a chance to do that, to just get some perspective, just get away from that busyness for a few minutes and give yourself some restoration. Good. So now that we've spent these few minutes together, just sitting and breathing, bring your awareness back into the room, back into the place where you are, maybe wiggling your fingers and toes, stretch your arms up overhead if that feels good, and Now we can start talking about what happened. So in my experiment that I invited you to do, it was about expanding your range and taking a larger perspective and knowing what your gifts are. And I think sometimes the watching ourselves in action is fascinating. (laughs) That's what I want to say. So yesterday... I had asked my, I have, I have hired a new assistant and she is a social media expert and she has put together an entire social media strategy for me. And I've been reluctant to really, I know it sounds silly because I speak to you on the radio every week, but I've been reluctant to put some of my writings out there in a bigger way. I'm content to just send them out through an email that, that some of you receive 
uh, from time to time when I move to send something that I've written, but I'm not really the big social media person. And my producer at Voice America is always telling me, you know, you gotta, you gotta get out there. You gotta tell people what you're up to and put your, put your message out there. So my assistant had created an entire strategy for this and had a, a way of rotating the articles and sending them out on Twitter and on LinkedIn and on Facebook. And you can follow me on, on all three of those platforms. Uh, on Facebook, I have a new page. It's a business page called Anjali Leadership. And on Twitter and LinkedIn, just look for me under my own name, Shamin Sadik. So anyway, yesterday she pressed go on this social media execution of the strategy. She pressed the go button. And I, I knew that she was going to do that, but I wasn't quite prepared for what was going to happen. So... I started to notice that multiple tweets were coming out, referencing different articles, uh, multiple notifications on LinkedIn and on Facebook. And my immediate response was to feel absolutely panic-ridden and gripped with fear. And I thought to myself, oh my gosh, there's too much. I'm taking up too much space. She's she's putting way too many things out there and, and people are going to feel inundated and they're going to be concerned and they're going to say, why are you sending us so many things? So I called her, I sent her a couple of emails and then when I didn't get a response within a couple of minutes, I phoned her and I said, I, I'm having a bit of an anxiety attack here because I don't know what's happening. And um, I knew in the moment when I got caught up in that feeling of anxiousness about all this, that that there was something that I didn't get. There was something that I was missing. But I was so caught up in the anxiety of it that I actually couldn't sit still. So I had to do something, so I ended up phoning her. And, um, and for the first few minutes, I think she was really worried that I was seriously upset. Um, and then she realized what was happening. And it's some, so here's the other learning. Sometimes it's helpful to have a friend or a colleague or a coach who can help kind of talk you off the ledge. So she was able to see what was happening. And I couldn't see this in that moment. I felt the fear. I was reacting to the anxiety that that fear evoked in me. But I was not aware that I was acting out of fear. And so she, because she was not caught up in the same emotional response as I was having, she was able to see that, okay, Shamin's just caught up in the fear right now. And I need to remind her that of a few things. So kudos to Jamie for being able to uh, see that, name it, and say it to me because it was enormously helpful. I began to laugh almost on the inside right away when I realized what was happening. But what she pointed out to me were a few things that I thought were, were really helpful and I wanted to share them with you. Um, if you're shy like me and uh, afraid of people uh, thinking you're taking up too much space, uh, as I obviously have a concern about that, she said, um, and this is probably not news to most of you, but she said, you might feel like we're putting out a lot of content, but people who are receiving it are only receiving it if they're online at that moment. Uh, so they're not going to be, no one's going to complain that you are saying too much. And then the other thing that she pointed out to me is that I was worried about, you know, what am I doing to them? And she talked about what are you doing for them? She reminded me that my message is useful, that my words can help, and that that's the intention that's behind them, and that 
it's uh, actually good to be sharing all of this information because people who like it are going to find it useful. And those who don't, this is the third part, those who don't won't read it and they won't subscribe to it and they'll unfriend me or unfollow me and that's fine. If they don't like what I have to say, we don't want them to, to read it anyway. So it was just a wonderful opportunity for me to watch myself in action to see that despite how much evolution has occurred with me, that in a moment I can return to an earlier version of me, um, who, which is not to say that it was not true or real. It was absolutely real in that moment. But I was quickly able to come back to, oh, I'm, I'm okay. I'm enough as I am. Um, my message is useful, and I'm not going to hurt anybody by sending out six different posts in one day. So it was very, very, very useful for me to have that experience. But I share it with you just so you'll, uh, hopefully, if, if this is something that you've noticed in yourself, that you can say, oh, okay, I'm not the only one who's having that experience. And if you find that you sometimes get thrown back into an earlier way of thinking or an old way of thinking, uh, know that um, part of the practice of leadership development is to be able to recover faster so it's not necessarily about, oh, it should never happen again. It's more about, well, what will I do when it does happen? How can I catch myself in it and pull myself out? And in this case, I made a phone call to someone who was competent, competent enough to know what was going on and who could help me pull myself out. She threw me a lifeline. So there you have it. Um, the result of my little experiment with the same thing that I invited you to experiment with last time. I am pre-recording this show uh, for you because on Monday, July 13th, I am going to school. I'm going to the University of Toronto, and I am enrolled in a creative writing summer school for that week. So it uh, has a relationship to what we were just talking about because I do love to write. I, I love talking, and I'm lucky that I'm an extrovert and I can talk a lot. So the radio show provides a wonderful venue for me to speak my message, but I also enjoy writing. And I took a creative writing course at the University of Toronto earlier this year and found it to be amazing. It was the first time that I had ever had writers critique my work, give me some feedback, workshop my work, if you like, and also had the chance to read what others are writing and to learn more about how they engage in this creative process. So I enjoyed it so much uh, that I decided to immerse myself in it for another five days. And then the cool thing is, is that there are U of T, uh, University of Toronto summer camps, they call them mini universities. And so my kids are signed up for those programs in the same week. So the three of us are going to university and it's also the beginning of the Pan Am Games here in Toronto. So it's going to be a wild and interesting week. And as you start your week, I hope you're enjoying whatever is ahead for you. Ah, So talking about an evolution and talking about noticing ourselves and talking about um, catching ourselves in the act and what it is like to be human. All of these things are on my mind today as I enter into our conversation together. Now, we're going to take a break in a short while. But before we do, I want to tell you about some things that are coming up. 
Because if you are a leadership development um, consultant or an executive coach or someone who works with other humans to develop their leadership, you'll be interested perhaps in joining me as I teach the Leadership Circle Profile Certification. I'm teaching two more times in 2015. Once in the D.C. area, Washington, D.C. area, that will be September 9th to 11th. And again in Denver, Colorado, September 30th to October 2nd. So keep your um, calendars open for those dates if you'd like to join me. And go to theleadershipcircle.com to learn more about this powerful certification and the suite of instruments to assess leadership effectiveness that we will be certifying you in. If you're not in either of those two locations or don't want to travel to those locations, don't worry. You can take this training just about uh, anywhere. Well, not anywhere, but there are many locations across the globe where you can avail yourselves of this training. And when you go to theleadershipcircle.com, you can find out where those are and register accordingly. Let's take a short break. And when we come back, I want to talk to you a little bit more about the downside of passion. So we've been talking about noticing ourselves and developing our leadership and working towards some kind of vision. And there's a downside to every, um, every cloud has a silver, no, every, every cloud has a silver lining. Every sun has a shade. I, I'm not sure how to say it, but the downside is that sometimes uh, putting in too much energy and effort can have diminishing returns. So we'll talk about that when we come back. For now, I'm Shamin Sadiq. This is Stories from the Heart of Leadership, and I'll see you on the other side of the break. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Hello, I'm Shamin Sadiq, the founder and CEO of Anjali Leadership. Anjali means heartfelt offering, and it's no accident that my company is named this way, as our work comes straight from the heart. I spent years working within organizations where well-intentioned leaders somehow managed to create more frustration and disappointment than anything else. You know what? I was one of those leaders, and I yearned for something better but didn't know what it would look like or how to make it happen. Fortunately, I do know now. At Anjali Leadership, we specialize in helping you climb out of these limiting patterns of behavior so that you can pour your energy and passion into creating the vision, results, and business performance you've been striving for since the beginning. If you want to learn more, visit anjaliadership.com. Ready to work with us? Go to anjaliadership.com and let's get started. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Stories from the Heart of Leadership. If you have a question or comment or just want to find out more about our program, please send Shamin an email. Her email address is shamin at anjaliadership.com. That's S-H-A-H-M-E-E-N at A-N-J-A-L-I leadership.com. Now, back to stories from the heart of leadership. 
Welcome back to Stories from the Heart of Leadership. This is Shameen. And I was talking in the earlier segment about some experiments that I was running with myself and that I invited you to run with yourself that were really geared to evolution, uh, learning more about ourselves, enhancing our self-awareness, and all of this for the sake of creating something that matters to you, of course. That's the frame for all of this. Stories from the Heart of Leadership is about what it takes to create something that really matters. And what it takes is a lot of hard work, a lot of commitment, a lot of intention, strong intention, clear intention. It takes courage. It takes self-awareness. It takes learning about yourself and catching yourself in, um, in the moment and transforming your gifts from things that you do compulsively that cost you a lot of energy and don't lend to the results that you're trying to create, transforming that into something that is more optimal. Now, the downside of all of this is, uh, is, is evident in a headline from the newspaper today, from the Globe and Mail. It says, it's true, putting in too much overtime can kill you. Here's the proof. So that caught my attention today, and I, I cut it out and brought it here for us to peruse together. So you can go to the globe.com, I think is the, um, the address for the Globe and Mail, and look for the article yourself if you like. But essentially, there were some studies that uh, associate overtime and extended work schedule with heightened risk of hypertension, cardiovascular disease, fatigue, stress, depression, chronic infections, diabetes, and death. So wow. So some people are putting in overtime because they have to or they feel that they have to. The, the, the requirements of the job are such that they feel like they'd be at risk if they didn't. They've got to you know, prove themselves. Uh, other people are putting in a lot of hours because they choose to. I would be in that category. I love what I'm up to and I'm okay working on it day and night as long as my kids are not suffering as a result. So this week is a perfect example they are away with their dad for a week at a cottage, lucky them. And I took the opportunity to get really delved into my email and get caught up and, and do all of this. So I noticed last night that I had worked for about five hours without stopping. And that's five hours on the screen. It's really bad for my eyes to do that. But I get into this sort of um, mode where I have to keep going. And it's my choice to do that. I love doing it. Um, but I don't want it to kill me in the process. And I don't want that for you either. So that's why I'm bringing some of these practices to you that have been so useful to me. Uh, so there are some strategies that are named here in this article. They come from Leanne Davey, Vice President of Team Solutions with Lee Heck Terrison Knightsbridge, a talent recruitment and development firm. Uh, so Leanne says, talk to your boss. Um, talk to your boss and try to negotiate a workable solution. So that's good. I mean, uh, talking to the people who you report to about your work schedule is always a, a useful thing because maybe you are working these extra hours out of an assumption that that's what's required. And if you actually broached the conversation with them, they would um, have a different perspective on that. Uh, number two says eat well. So, uh, yes, eat well, eat breakfast, eat lunch, have a snack, drink lots of water. These are such small things, but as my own coach, 
uh, Deborah McRae says, basic needs, come back to your simple basic needs. And your simple basic needs include getting enough sleep, um, eating well and drinking water. And when I say eat well, I don't mean going to the cupboard and grabbing a handful of potato chips. I mean, you know, almonds or apples or uh, yogurt or healthy uh, foods or salad or uh, protein sources that are that are good fuel for you to keep you going. So uh, that's another one. And I know many, many of my clients who do not eat well because they are consumed by passion for what they are up to. So we could all stand to work more on that. And I include myself in that category. Uh, third, meet and move. She says, and I was saying this earlier, so I'm happy that others are saying this too. Schedule walking meetings. It's good for you to get out and get some fresh air, some physical exercise, but it's also probably going to give you back a little bit of that creativity that's been stifled from spending 15 hours in an office. Oh my gosh, is that not exactly right on? So go outside, um, stand up, move around, don't sit in one spot, get some fresh air. And number four, she says, know when to go home. She says that she thinks that the vast majority of employees underplay their own value and therefore don't have the confidence to say, I've put in a really good day's work, it's 7 o'clock and I'm going home. I would hazard to say that you should say that at 5 o'clock. That's where it really comes, she says, to knowing yourself and making a call of what you want from your life and where your mental health fits into the equation. So wise words from Leanne Davey quoted today in the Globe and Mail, and important words for all of us. The downside of passion is that we can um, use ourselves up in the process of creating what it is that that we care so much about. So, you know, I remember when I started in this entrepreneurial line of work that I'm in, and one of the things I loved was that I I, didn't even feel like work, right? I, I love what I do so much that it doesn't feel like work. And that's a wonderful perspective to take on it as you're getting something built and creating something is to really thrive off of the energy of doing what you love. But what I've noticed in more recent times is that doing what I love sometimes has a cost. Um, Doing too much of anything that I love can be costly. And so working too much, working too many hours, not taking a break, not going outside, not eating well, and not knowing when to stop, um, really take their toll on me. And I have experienced the, the result of that over and over again in my life. And most recently decided I'm going to stop. Now, I decided I was going to stop, and I still sometimes fall off the wagon and still find myself, you know, five hours in with no break, wondering where those hours went. I'm happy that I got a lot accomplished, but uh, I think the costs of that on a daily basis are too high and not ones that I'm willing to pay. And so I invite you to consider that too for yourself. What is it that you're creating that you're very passionate about? Or what is the job that you're doing that you love so much and care about? Or how is the fear of uh, not measuring up or, or not being like everybody else keeping you st- stuck in patterns that are not so good for your health? And then to choose to, once you notice, then, then these, some of these strategies that 
uh, I've just shared with you are good strategies, but ultimately none of them are going to work if you don't make a choice. If you don't make a, put a stake in the ground that says, this time is for me, this, um, I'm not going to do this any longer, or this is how I will do it. So again, in the spirit of uh, sharing with you that, that I'm working on all of these things myself, I have made some changes as well to how I work. Now, I know I've been talking with you about how I've created um, uh, some subcontractors who will work with me so that I'm not delivering everything on my own. That is one way for me to do this. But the other is that I've put some structure into my calendar so that I'm not kind of loosey-goosey all over the place. So I have, um, I have clients who speak with me once or twice a month. And what I used to do was, you know, try and find a day and time that would work for both of us and sort of manually schedule. Uh, at the end of one call, we would schedule the next one. And by then, people's calendars are starting to fill up and it's hard to find time. So I would start very early in the morning or maybe there'd be large gaps in the middle of my day. Or maybe I'd find myself taking a client call a little later in the afternoon than I would prefer. But I had to do it because I didn't have enough structure. So things were very fluid and loose and organic, which I thought I liked. But as I started to notice the exhaustion and the overwhelm and the cost of all this hard work, I thought, well, maybe some structure would be helpful here. So what I did was I created some online calendaring. And now I know these things are not news to any of you. You've probably been using them yourself for years. But I had a belief that I had to be available at all times. I had a belief that I had to say yes to my clients and fit into their schedules. And I, um, I guess that was grounded in what this article, what Leanne Davy was saying about underplaying my own value. Uh, so I've changed it. So the way I talk about what I'm up to now is like this. If I'm going to coach you for six months, I'm committed to holding the threads of your personal and professional journey that you're on. So I'm your development partner for six months. So it's not just about me showing up for the phone calls that we're going to have. It's about me actually holding your story and, and, staying beside you even when we're not speaking to each other through that six months. So I become a, a partner in the journey, if you like, playing the role of coach, playing the role of advocate, playing the role of um, challenger, and uh, of course, um, you know, encouraging and, and um, helping you to move towards the goals that you say you have for yourself. That's my commitment over those six months. And how it will look is that we'll have up to 12 sessions together on the phone and you can email me in between and I will read your emails and maybe respond to them if there's something to say but definitely take that in and hold it as part of your journey so for that you you know you pay a certain fee that's what you get for six months you book your times according to my online calendar that gives you all the availability that I have for these calls so you can match it up with your own schedule and wow, what a difference it's making. What a difference it's making. I'm not having any uh, last-minute cancellations. I'm not finding that people are um, uh, forgetting about the calls. 
I get paid up front and um, it makes it easier for me to predict my schedule. I know that I'm going to work on these days between these times and my clients will schedule themselves accordingly. My clients love it because now they have the power to just look at my calendar and see what will work uh, and fit themselves in accordingly. And I think that there's more respect on both sides. I'm respecting myself more by putting this structure into place and they are respecting me more because they don't see me so much as a a vendor that they pay by the hour as much as a partner in a development journey, a professional and personal development journey. So uh, it's taken me making these changes to put this structure into place to make my work life more manageable, more predictable, more filled with ease um, and more stable. And it prevents me then from doing what this article says, putting in too much overtime and then killing myself in the process, or at least making myself uh, very unwell in the process. It surprises me that it's taken me such a long time to come to this, to realize this, but it has. And, um, even in coming to it and realizing it, I'm not perfect. So that's what I want you to know, too, is that there are these balancing acts that we have to do and these talking about an evolution, as we were last week, we have to evolve ourselves. We have to evolve new structures. We have to examine whether the old way is still useful and ask ourselves some questions about what would serve us now and then put new things into play. And it's all an experiment, That's the other thing. So this whole process that I'm sharing with you uh, through the stories of my own learning along the way are a mirror um, and a reflection of the journey that we can all be on if we find this useful. And so to, to evolve ourselves along the way, to question old ways and come up with new ways, to say, well, that worked really well up until now, but now I think something different is needed, and then to run some experiments with that, that is essentially what we're all doing. Um, My clientele are engaged in that very, very same process as they work their stuff, as they grow their leadership and as we work together over the time that we're together, we're doing essentially the same thing. Now, the context is different. Perhaps, you know, maybe there's a a specific business need that they need to address or an issue around performance that has to be dealt with, but we'll use the same process. Catch yourself in the act. Find out what it is that you do that gets in your way. And that might be something that worked well before, but doesn't now. Um, But find out what that is. That's the first part. Second part is to catch yourself in it. Notice when you're doing that thing that gets in your way. Uh, And then ask yourself, uh, what is it that I said I really wanted? What is the thing I'm trying to create here that matters so much to me that I do anything to bring it into being? So connect to that vision and then say, well, what is the story I'm telling myself about it right now? Because if I'm doing that thing that that gets me stuck or that gets in my way, um, I must be telling myself some old story. And the old story that I was telling myself, as I was sharing with you earlier about my alarm when all these articles started to be tweeted and posted out there on social media yesterday, was that um, it's not okay to take up too much space. Or that if I 
send out too many messages. It might be make someone upset or, or mad or it might harm them in some way because I'm doing something to them. Those are old stories that aren't really that useful for me anymore. So find out what the old stories are and then ask yourself, what new story will I tell myself instead? And Jamie gave me a fabulous new story yesterday on one of those friends, which is you're not doing something to them. You're doing something for them. You're being of service, which is what you said you wanted to do. So with that story under my feet, then I can walk forward. And now I can notice myself as these posts are going out there, I can say to myself, ah, let me, let me experiment here. If I tell myself I'm doing something that's useful and of service, uh, let me watch and notice how I'm feeling about it as I'm doing it. So that's the process that we've been discussing today. And let's take a short break. And when we come back, let's do a little bit of application. So uh, we'll be right back on the other side of this break. I'm Shamin Sadik, and this is Stories from the Heart of Leadership. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Hello, I'm Shamin Sadik, the founder and CEO of Anjali Leadership. Anjali means heartfelt offering, and it's no accident that my company is named this way, as our work comes straight from the heart. I spent years working within organizations where well-intentioned leaders somehow managed to create more frustration and disappointment than anything else. You know what? I was one of those leaders, and I yearned for something better, but didn't know what it would look like or how to make it happen. Fortunately, I do know now. At Anjali Leadership, we specialize in helping you climb out of these limiting patterns of behavior so that you can pour your energy and passion into creating the vision results, and business performance you've been striving for since the beginning. If you want to learn more, visit anjaliadership.com. Ready to work with us? Go to anjaliadership.com and let's get started. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Listening to stories from the heart of leadership. If you have a question or comment, or just want to find out more about our program, please send Shamin an email. Her email address is shamin at anjaliadership.com. That's S H A H M E E N at A N J A L I leadership.com. Now, back to stories from the heart of leadership. Welcome back to Stories from the Heart of Leadership. This is Shamin, and we're continuing our exploration of what it is to be in an evolution this week. We started this conversation last week 
when we were talking about identifying gifts, broadening your gifts, uh, expanding your range and expanding and broadening your perspective. And then this week I was talking about some of the experiments that I've been um, consciously or unconsciously invited into running this week. And I just shared with you before the break a process uh, for your own development that you can engage in should you choose to. I wanted to spend the last segment of our time together today talking about, um, well, what, what should I do with all of this? And because it's hard to sometimes come up with things in the moment, I thought I would turn to some cards for some help. So I'm going to be a little bit um, out there today and tell you that I have a deck of cards in my hand called Earth Magic Cards. Now, I have a few sets of these cards. If you, if you know what I'm talking about, there's some beautiful decks of cards that you can get. They're, they call them oracle cards, but I just call them inspiration cards, really. And what I, what I know is that taking these decks of cards and choosing a card with a specific question in mind often provides some insight or some wisdom or a direction that I couldn't have come up with on my own. So I thought I would choose a card for us for today. And so as we think about uh, applying this process to ourselves, I'm wondering what wisdom these cards have to offer. So I have them fanned out in my right hand here, and I'm just sort of running my hands over them. And as I ask for um, some wisdom for them to share, I'm drawn to choose this card. Oh my gosh, the card is called Dance. And it says dance, and then underneath it, it says celebration. So let's look in this little book that comes with it. There's a guidebook that comes with it, and let me read to you what it says about dance. So it's got a picture of a woman dancing on it, and this is what it says. This woman is dancing an ancient story, one that has been handed down for centuries. She's acting out this story through her movement, choreographed by the collaboration of traditional ritual and her own spirit. Uh, the dance itself sometimes becomes the story. Although unheard and unseen in this image, there are others who are singing and clapping to accompany this dancer. It's a communal celebration focused around a story that's been handed down from many, many generations. For thousands of years, our ancestors, no matter our lineage, celebrated with ritualized storytelling that included singing and dancing. As in this image, the dancer's movement brings, to tale, brings the tale to kinesthetic life. The participation of the community in this heartfelt enactment helps secure the bonds of the people and connects them to their spiritual and ancestral roots. When we celebrate anything in this way, it always touches a deep sense of love, gratitude, and appreciation. Wow. I love it. There's a little bit more here. So there's sort of an explanation of the card, and then there's a message, if you like, from, from, the, earth, from the earth for us. So here's a message. The message says, the sacredness of any celebration is dependent upon the quality of spirit that is present. The quality of spirit is greater to the degree that you are fully present, with minimal inhibitions about expressing your joy and happiness through physical movement. Focus on what you want to celebrate. Put on some music and dance, whether slow or fast. Sing a song while you do so. Make one up about what you most have to celebrate. God's wish is for everyone to enjoy their time on earth, and part of that wish is to celebrate your capacity to be joyous and express it through your body. Whether in private, with a small group of friends, or a large communal gathering, 
Let music, song, and dance be a part of your sacred ceremony regardless of what you are celebrating, for truly, any celebration is sacred. So what I love about this, they're just a whole bunch of things, but let me see if I can pull some of them out that relate to what we've been talking about. It says here that the sacredness of any celebration is dependent upon the quality of spirit that is present. And I think that's really important because it's the quality of spirit that you bring to this exploration of your own life, this evolution of your own self and your structures. It's the quality of spirit that is most important. I noticed a trend in myself and in many of my clients of focusing on the negative. And even sometimes when I'm coaching, I wonder if I'm focusing too much on, okay, that's great, but here's what you need to work on now, or here's a place to look, or here's the invitation, as if we're supposed to be getting somewhere. And of course, we do want to get somewhere. We're, we're all works in progress, and we're all um, moving along our, through our story and heading somewhere. But sometimes I wonder if the focus or the quality of spirit is more negative, more on I'm not enough, I've got to get better. And so what I, what I want for me and for, all, and for all of us, for you and for all of us, is, is to bring a quality of spirit that is lighter to all of this. So it doesn't have to be so heavy. And, and anyone who knows me well will tell you that I tend towards the heavy. I tend towards depth and seriousness and taking this all so seriously. But what this card is reminding me to do is to hold it lightly. This is just part of being human. Um, we use strategies to make our way, and then eventually those strategies are not so useful. So um, if we can hold it lightly, we can say, oh, that doesn't work so well for me anymore. I'm just going to let it go. We can laugh at ourselves instead of beating ourselves for using some strategy that's outlived its utility. We could just laugh and say, oh, look at me worried about taking up too much space or look at me worried that I'm going to hurt them with too much content. Um, ah, that's the old story I have about myself and it's just not, it's not worth wasting my time with any longer. So I'll just laugh at, laugh at myself and turn and turn back towards what it is I'm trying to do. And which Jamie reminded me was, you know, you're trying to help people. You're trying to be of service. You want to serve. That's why you've written all of these things. That's why you talk on the radio every week. And that's why you work with leaders in the way that you do. So quality of spirit. Um, so for you, I invite you to consider what quality of spirit do you bring at work or to your life or to your relationships? What is the quality of spirit that you are bringing as you approach these things? Do you go to work every day, dragging your feet, hating every moment of it because you dread going there? Or do you jump out of bed and, and sort of race to get dressed and leave with a smile on your face as you head out? Uh, same thing when you come home at night. Are you coming home, dragging your feet, not wanting to be there, feeling the pressure of all of your... Uh, responsibilities, uh, or are you avoiding them altogether? Um, what is the quality of spirit that you're bringing to your life? And it's not to say that you shouldn't change things or that maybe something isn't working so well, or maybe it's time to look for a new job. I mean, that could be true as well. But what quality of spirit will you bring? Uh, the other thing that I noticed about this is focus on what you want to celebrate. Focus on what you want to celebrate. So when, when I 
made a transition, a big, very big life transition about four years ago, one of the things I wanted to do was to express my gratitude because there were so many people who were so kind to me and my kids uh, and they maybe didn't even know that I was going through the dissolution of a marriage um, and all the complexities that go along with it. Maybe they didn't even know that that was what I was going through, but people were so nice to us during that time. And uh, I noticed that people are nice to us most of the time. And so I wanted to celebrate that. So I began to have what I called um, gratitude gatherings at my home where I invited some of these people who had been so kind and friendly, friends, neighbors, family members, others, uh, and invited them to come and celebrate together. So focus on what you want to celebrate, especially if you're the kind of person who focuses on the negative, as I said, is my tendency too. It takes um, an extra effort to actually begin to focus on what there is to be grateful for, what there is to celebrate. But what I know about that is the more I do that, the more of that good stuff I actually experience. And others speak about this too. I mean, read any of the, the kind of um, leadership development or, or personal development books that are out there. They're all going to say the same thing on this front. You know, focus on what you have to be grateful for and celebrate that. Every day you could write in a, in a gratitude journal about the things that you have to celebrate about that day. And even on the worst days, even when things are terrible and something awful has happened, see if you can find one thing, one thing to celebrate, <clears throat> one thing to be grateful for and to honor. So I love that it says that too. The other part of this that I'm really enjoying is the community aspect. I believe that it's so easy to think that someone else, someone out there, uh, maybe someone famous or someone you know, or maybe a leader or the head of a company or some public person, it's easy to look at that person and to think that they've got it all together that they're perfect, that this is what every day of their life looks like, that they're always, you know, perfectly dressed and that they don't have any problems and that they don't fight with their spouse or their kids, that they're just having a wonderful, easy life that you see when you see them for those few moments that you see them. Um, that's not true. That's just not true. I don't wish bad things on anyone, but we're all struggling with certain things. We're all challenged in certain ways. Nobody's perfect. Nobody has the perfect relationship. If someone tells you we never fight, um, turn and walk away as fast as you can. I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not only not, probably not true, but not that helpful. There's lots to be harvested and gained through these difficult difficulties that we all have. But the point here is don't make up that somebody's got it all perfect because you look at them and think that that's how they are. And so it says here, um, there are unheard and unseen others who are singing and clapping to accompany the dancer. Well, that's true for each of us. There are others who have either um, traveled the same journey that we're traveling or have faced the same challenges or are distressed about similar things. They might be slightly different in terms of the unique specifics of their circumstances, but the essence of it, we all share. We've all felt pain. 
we've all felt loss. We've all felt joy. And we've all felt difficulty and had obstacles that have presented themselves. So remember that you're not the only one. As you engage in this journey called life and and you keep walking towards the thing that you want and you notice that things happen along the way that are difficult or challenging or joyous or lovely, just remember you're not alone. You're not the only one who's ever had that experience. And that's what this card speaks to for me as well. It says, um, there's a communal celebration focused around a story that's been handed down for many, many generations. So you're not the only one living this story. And know that, remember that. The ones who have come before you, they're holding, um, they're holding a circle around you, watching you. Uh, the ones who will come after are watching you as well and will step into the circle that you'll hold for them later. Now, yeah, I know I'm getting a little bit, um, I'm not sure what the right word is, but a little ambiguous in my language because I believe that energetically we have this um, history, this shared human history that is a set of stories that we can kind of count on. So whatever we're living through right now, although the brand might look different and the circumstances might be slightly different, the essence of it is the same as what others who passed before us have experienced. Uh, they might come back to this time and look at us and wonder what on earth are we doing with these devices that we hold in our hands and walk around staring at. But the challenges of uh, innovation, increasing complexity, um, structures that need to be shifted and changed, that's an experience that everybody has had. So know that you're not the only one. What else is there to say? We're coming to the end of our time together. And I guess I'll finish with some gratitude. I am grateful to all of you for tuning in every week and spending this time with me. I am grateful to those who have chosen to take it one step further and, and come and, and work with me and allow me to be part of your journey. I'm grateful to Voice America for all of their support and the fantastic engineers, uh, my executive producer, and all the others who've helped as we've been refreshing the show and coming up with um, new audio elements uh, that I'm sure you've been enjoying in the recent weeks. I am grateful for my family, for my, my two kids who are away this week, and I miss them so much. And they'll be home, and we'll head off to university uh, for the week. And I'm looking forward to being with them, and I'm so grateful for them in my life. I'm grateful for my parents and all the love in my family. And I'm grateful for ah, just the privilege of being present here with you, present on this earth at this time in history, living through the challenges and the joys of this particular moment. I'm grateful for all of that. I'm grateful for the earth under my feet and um, just the privilege of being alive. So <laughs> I leave you with that. I hope that this conversation has been useful or inspiring or can be of service to you in some way. I trust that it is. And I look forward to being with you again next week. This is Shamin Sadiq. You've been listening to Stories from the Heart of Leadership. I so appreciate your, your friendship and attention. And I wish you a wonderful week. And I'll talk to you soon. Take good care. 
thank you so much for joining us today for Stories from the Heart of Leadership. Shamin Sadek will be back next Monday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We hope you'll come back as well. Have a wonderful week. And remember, we are all members of this great human family. You are not alone. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.